Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Karen Velez, and this Focal Point Friday episode is the second in our two-parter on saving seeds. So Tuesday's episode focused on which plants you should be saving seeds from, how to properly collect and clean those seeds, and how to hedge your bets against carrying over diseases on or in those seeds. Now, seed storage is what we're going to focus on today whether they've been saved from your own garden, or if you've maybe over-purchased from your seed supplier, say you've got leftover seeds from your spring garden, um, raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) No problem. Um, We'll talk about proper moisture levels for your seeds saved from your garden and how to get them dry enough to store them. Um, and what the best conditions are for storing seeds, whether they're saved from your garden or if they're store-bought. We'll also talk about the types of storage containers and how long each type of seed can be stored based on their plant family. So let's dig into storing your seeds, shall we? Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. So just to be clear, we're talking about vegetable garden seeds and most flower seeds that have a traditional dormancy. There are some species, specifically many rainforest plants, whose seeds are what we call recalcitrant. Recalcitrant seeds are not able to survive being dried out in the way that a seed with a traditional dormancy can. Recalcitrant seeds um, cannot be allowed to significantly dry out um, between when they're planted and when they actually germinate. And so this kind of presents a challenge for storage because you have those seed pathogens that love those damp conditions that would be needed to keep those recalcitrant seeds viable for longer than any of the shortest periods. So um, recalcitrant seeds are typically planted as soon as possible after they've been harvested. None of the plants we typically grow in our homes or in our home gardens falls into this category, but as always, I thought you might find the information interesting. Now, our garden seeds, on the other hand, must be dried to the point of basically being brittle before you store them. Even a small amount of excess moisture in a seed can cause it to rot or even germinate while it's in storage. The ideal level of moisture for a seed conditioned for storage is between 3 and 7%. Um, The only exception to this is corn. Corn is a little different. I think it's closer to like 10 or 11% for storage. I know it's less than 15%, but I would actually have to look it up. Um, But for all your other seeds, you're looking at between 3 and 7%. Now, in some cases, you may not be able to get your seeds dried below, say, a 10% moisture content for any number of reasons, like you've had a really rainy season or you have extremely humid conditions. So how do you dry your seeds as much as possible to ensure your success? 
Now, last episode, we talked about collecting your seeds. And if you were collecting them from a wet fruit, you would be pulling them out specifically like with your tomatoes and your squashes and fermenting those seeds to make sure you're getting all the gunk off and then letting them, uh, laying them out to dry. You're also looking at keeping the legumes, the bees and the uh, uh, bees, I keep saying bees, the beans, the beans and the peas um, in their pods on the plant for as long as possible to dry out. But again, if you're in a very humid area, it may not be possible to leave them out that long. If um, you have an extreme amount of moisture in your tomato plants, or like I said, it's been very rainy, um, you may need to do a little bit extra to be able to get your seeds as dry as possible. So air drying is the most common method for home gardeners, and it is the simplest. Just spread your seeds out on a paper towel and let them air dry. To help with circulation, you can put them up on a cooling rack um, to get more airflow in and around those seeds. This will help them dry more quickly. Now, if you're drawing a lot of seeds and you need to save room, you can use those stackable cooling racks. Uh, my daughter actually bought me a set of those one year for like my birthday or for Christmas or something. And it comes in really handy, not only for holiday baking, but for drying seeds. Um, having a fan or two in the room will also help this, but you don't want it facing directly at the seeds because you don't want them blowing around the room. So um, now you might be tempted to use a food dehydrator or an oven to dry your seeds, but I really caution against this. Um, let's think about it. A, a seed is really just a little package that contains a baby plants and enough food to get it through its first week or so of life. Temperatures that are warmer the 96 degrees Fahrenheit or 36 Celsius can damage that little plant embryo. And the minimum temperature on your oven is likely closer to 200 Fahrenheit. So little too hot to be drying your seeds. Um, now, if you have a food dehydrator that has a digital thermometer and can maintain a temperature that's below 96 Fahrenheit, then go for it. Otherwise, just stick to the air drying. You may need to show a little bit of patience with this because it could take days for a lot of these things to dry, specifically when you're looking at larger seeds like peas and beans and curcubits. Now, remember that humidity I mentioned? Yes, very familiar with that here. Um, even in the fall when we're uh, saving many of our seeds, the humidity can be like 99% on some days. In fact, it was all last week, bouncing between 98 and 99%. That is not conducive to drying seeds fully. So I employ desiccant packets to finish up the job. Um, I'll get the seeds as dry as I possibly can, and then I will bag them up with a desiccant packet or two in them to pull all the additional moisture out. Now, you can also use powdered milk as a desiccant. Um, you can just wrap one or two tablespoons of powdered milk into a piece of uh, cheesecloth or into a tissue and place it in the container with the seeds. Now, I generally will leave the desiccant in the packet until way later in the fall after the humidity has finally broken, and then I will check the seeds to be sure that they're dry before putting them in their final storage packets. Now, how do you test the moisture level of your seeds? How do you know if, it's, uh, if they're actually dry enough? I mean, unless you're a grain grower that has a fancy moisture meter, you're going to have to get a little creative. There is a good rule of thumb for a couple of the different types of seeds. So generally speaking, for your legumes, your beans and your peas, 
Um, if you can press your thumbnail against that seed and it doesn't pierce the skin or leave a mark on the seed, then it is more than likely dry enough to store. Or if you can bite it and there's no mark, then you're good to go. Now for your curcubits, your cucumbers and your squashes, try bending the seed. Um, if it's really hard to bend the seed or it even breaks when you bend it, then it's dry enough to go ahead and store. But if it bends easily, it needs more time to dry. You can do that same test with smaller seeds like peppers or even tomato seeds, but you'll need a pair of tweezers and a little bit of patience. Um, like I said, in most instances, if the seed is dry and brittle, it should be fine for storage. But if you've had problems with seeds rotting before, specifically if you're like me and you're in a very humid area, um, or if you're a little bit more scientifically minded or science nerdy like me, and you really want to know what the moisture level is, there is another way, but you need to do this test before you start drying your seeds and you must be willing to sacrifice some of them for science. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So if you really want to know if the seeds that you've dried are ready for storage, you can do the oven test. So once you've harvested your seeds, you've got them thoroughly cleaned and dried to the point that you think they're ready to store, then pick a specific number of the seeds and weigh them up. Now you're likely going to need to use uh, a kitchen scale that's used for food portioning that can either weigh in grams or in ounces for this, considering a lot of those seeds are super tiny and they're not going to weigh out on a regular scale that's weighing by pounds. Um, Record this weight as the fresh weight in your notebook or on a notepad or something. Now take those seeds and put them into an oven at 265 degrees Fahrenheit or 130 degrees Celsius, and then leave them there for a, an hour. Um, if you're doing this with corn, you'll need to do it for four hours, but all your other seeds, um, an hour should be sufficient. After the prescribed amount of time, allow the seeds to cool and then weigh them again. This is your dry weight. So write that down. Now you're trying to figure out um, what your moisture content was. So you're going to take the fresh weight, subtract the dry weight, and then divide that by the fresh weight again, and then multiply by 100. This gives you the moisture percentage of your seeds at their fresh weight. So if the number is between three and seven, you're good to go to store those seeds. If not, you'll have to dry them some more. And then once you've air dried them some more, take another sample and run the test again. So for example, if you dried your zucchini seeds and then you took 15 of those seeds and you weighed, then weighed them up and they weighed say 100 grams um, and then you dried those in the oven and the dry weight was then maybe 95 grams. So if you take the 100 grams minus the 95 grams, then divide that by the 100 grams and then multiply it by 100, you get five. That means that your zucchini seeds are at 5% moisture level and you're good to go. 
But if your fresh weight of those 15 seeds was 100 grams and your dried weight was 50 grams, that means your seeds are at 50% moisture content and you need to dry them a bit longer. So once you air dry them, take another sample, weigh them out, dry them in the oven, weigh them again, and do the same procedure until you know that that original fresh weight seed is down to between three and seven. Now, this may seem like a lot of effort, but if you've gone to all the trouble to isolate a variety of heirloom gray zucchini, for example, and you've hand pollinated and you've saved the seeds, well, then it may be worth the extra effort to be sure that your moisture content is correct before you put them in storage. You don't want to lose those babies to mold. So let's talk about storage. Um, just like almost anything else out of our gardens that we intend to store long term, seeds are the happiest when they are stored in a cool, dark and dry place. Um, a dark closet in the colder part of your house or if you have a dry, cool basement or a heated garage, all those are good places to store your seeds. The ideal storage temperature for seeds is between 35 and 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 1 to 4 Celsius, um, with a relative humidity of less than 40%. Now, this might make you think that the fridge is a good place to store your seeds. And yeah, most refrigerators will hold a temperature of about 40 degrees or colder, but they also have a high relative humidity. Um, and your temperature in your refrigerator is going to fluctuate with people opening and closing it all day long. So unless you have a specific fridge dedicated to your seeds, and I have seen that case in, you know, universities at their farm locations and stuff. Um, but the home fridge is not really your best option. Um, the freezer is also not a great option. A lot of the seeds can be damaged by temperatures that are too cold. Um, and it would really greatly depend on the temperature of your freezer. It is true that seed banks and universities often store their seeds in freezing temperatures for a longer shelf life, but those seeds are scientifically tested for the proper moisture level, um, and they are held strictly at a zero degree Fahrenheit or a negative 17 Celsius. And again, their freezers aren't subjected to people opening and closing the doors all the time. Now, one instance where you can use your freezer, though, is to use it briefly to kill any insects or eggs that might be hiding inside those seeds if that's been a problem in your garden um, or maybe in seeds that you've saved before. So, yes, you can pop them into your freezer for a few days and then you can remove them um, and store them elsewhere. So storage, speaking of storage, what do you put the seeds in? You can be as simple and straightforward or as fancy and creative as you want to be. Um, and this goes for the seeds that you save from your garden and the seeds that you may have left over at the end of the season. I am infamous for buying in bulk and not using all of my seeds in one year. So I have lots of seeds always on hand from my suppliers in addition to the ones that I save. So to start with, you could save your seeds in a simple envelope with the name and the variety and the date that you saved it written on the outside of it, seal it into a plastic sandwich baggie and toss it into a shoebox. That would be just fine. Now you could step it up a notch and you could seal those envelopes into reusable plastic containers like Tupperware or Gladware or whatever. Um, I personally have used old spice jars and labeled those and then stored them in a dark place so they wouldn't be degraded by the light. 
um, CD cases, if you're old enough to remember CDs, <laughs> um, or photo albums that have those large slip pouches in them. Those are great for storing seeds and seed packets. You know, you can put your labeled envelope inside the plastic sleeves, and then you can categorize them by either seed type or by season. Um, this lets you easily flip through and find what you're looking for. And there are also those larger photo storage boxes that have individual pull-out trays that those fit seed packets really, really well. And then you can color code them or label them. You've got little toolboxes that have individual pull-out drawers for nails and screws and such. Um, craft supply organizers, even those mobile file boxes will work. That's what I used for a really long time. Now, our seed storage is a little overkill, but it works for me for multiple reasons. Um, it's actually an old metal medical supply cabinet that my husband brought home. And so it works sort of like a file cabinet, but the drawers are more shallow. So it's perfect for both seed packets and homemade seed envelopes, but then it also will hold the much larger seed bags that some of my uh, larger purchases come in. It also seals shut tightly, which is really important because my seed storage is in my basement and we live on a farm, which means rodents. Um, but mice can't get into that cabinet, which is great. So really just find what works for you and it likely will evolve as your seed storage needs evolve. And honestly, seed saving can be a little addicting once you get started. Um, you may find yourself with way more seeds than you know what to do with. You may be giving them away to neighbors or going to seed swaps to find new varieties from other seed savers. Um, but it's important to know how long those seeds are viable for before you get too carried away. Certain seeds are longer lived than others, and knowing which is which will help you to plan which seeds you'll need to save pretty much each season and which ones you can save in bulk. And this also helps too when buying seeds. So if your seed supplier has an end of season sale or an overrun in the spring, you'll know which ones you can hang on to for a while and which ones will need to be used up right away. So I looked at a bunch of different sources for this and landed on um, a, a list from my alma mater, Oregon State University. It was pretty close to most of the other ones that I have seen, uh, talking about how long certain seeds will last. So your short-lived seeds, and that's ones we're saying will last about one to two years in storage, are things like corn, anything in the onion family, onions and leeks, basically parsley and parsnips. Um, intermediate seeds, those will last about three to four years in storage. And those are things like asparagus, beans, carrots, celery, peas, and spinach. And then longer lived seeds, you're talking a minimum of four to five years. A lot of these I know will last longer than five years. Um, these are things like beets and chard, anything in the cabbage family, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, um, turnips, radishes, cucumbers, and anything in the squash family, uh, the nightshades, eggplant, peppers, tomatoes, your lettuces, uh, muskmelon or cantaloupe, and watermelon. Now, like I said, I know a lot of those can last longer. And if you have ideal storage conditions, a lot of those intermediate and short-lived seeds may last longer too. If you're ever in doubt, you can do a quick germination test before you spend all your time planting these seeds out in the garden only to find out that they didn't germinate, they weren't viable. So the quickest thing to do is 
before you go to plant, moisten a couple of layers of paper towel and then pick out 10 of the seeds that you're questioning, lay them in the towels, cover them back up with another layer of the paper towels, kind of roll them up loosely and then stick them into a plastic bag. Make sure that the the paper towel is moist enough to keep the seeds moist. Um, Put it in a warmer place in like a kitchen counter or on top of your refrigerator Um, and then wait. You know, some of the seeds, like your radishes, those are going to germinate in just a couple of days. Um, Peppers, on the other hand, those can take up to two weeks, and the hot peppers can take up to three weeks. So, um, you know, look up how long the expected germination time is for whatever it is that you're germinating, and just observe every couple of days to figure out uh, how much germination you get, right? So if you're picking out 10 seeds... If you get five or fewer of them that germinate, well, then you've got a 50% or or less germination rate. So if you get less than 50%, either replace those seeds or just double up your planting rate. I've been known to do that. If I had a last you know group of seeds that I wanted to use and they had a lousy germination rate, I just double seeded them. Um, if you get a germination rate of about 60 to 70%, that's okay. You may choose to overseed by just a little bit to hedge your bet. Anything, you know, 75% germination or higher than I just usually plant as usual, according to, you know, the standard, um, the standard planting guides. So, um, that's it. I mean, hopefully this gave you some helpful information about how to properly dry your seeds. Um, how and where to store them, and for how long to store them. If you've got any questions on this or any other gardening topic, feel free to email me or jump into the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. I hope you have a great weekend in the garden. Think about what seeds you want to save, and I'll talk to you again on Tuesday. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon. Did you know you can have a one-on-one virtual 30-minute garden consultation with me each and every month? That's right. I have space for five executive producers over on Patreon, and one of the perks at that level is for me to help you with all things gardening one-on-one every single month. Everything from garden planning to choosing the right plants, proper spacing, pruning techniques, disease and pest identification, fertilizing, harvesting, storage, and more. Whatever help you need throughout the year. Plus, you get additional monthly group Q&A sessions, exclusive video content, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. If you'd like to become an executive producer, head over to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething or use the link in the show notes to find out how.